everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Now, this intro is called Rise of the King. And since men, we look at you as kings, I thought this would be so appropriate for my fantastic Fellas Friday. So, fellas, Rise of the King is dedicated to you, and I hope you guys enjoy this fantastic Fellow Friday episode. Well, as you guys know, first of all, happy Fantastic Fellows Friday. And as you can tell from my different recordings, I'm in different rooms. I'm not in the studio recording. I'm going to get there, but I'm just trying to get different sceneries in my house. So if I sound a little muffled or or loud, please forgive me. But as always, my point is to get the message across. So for today's Fantastic Fellows Friday, I thought we celebrate a gentleman named Dwayne Lawrence. And the reason why I wanted to celebrate him is because what he's doing and his mission for what he's doing. He's talking about, you're going to hear a little clip from um, something I got off of MSNBC's Stephanie Rule's show, where Dwayne Lawrence is trying to bring attention to and get resources for what's happening to indigenous women. They're showing up missing, murder, and it seems like that society and the law enforcement, they're not doing anything about it. So he's on a mission. And I had saw an article in August about this same thing, and it kind of died down. So I'm glad he's bringing it back up. But here's the irony. People have been before Congress talking about all this. And as of this day, October 8th, 2021, President Biden signed a proclamation. So when I found that out, I went to the website, the wet, excuse me, the White House website, which you can do. Um, it's www.whitehouse.gov. And you will see this article and it's entitled uh, A Proclamation of Indigenous Peoples Day 2021. Now, for those of you who don't know what the official definition of indigenous is. I'm just going to read what I found. And it says indigenous peoples are inheritors and practitioners of unique cultures and ways of relating to people and the environment. They have retained social, cultural, economic, and political characteristics that are distinct from those of the dominant societies in which they live. Now, let's talk about Indigenous People Day, and then I'm going to read the proclamation in its entirety. Indigenous People Day is a holiday that celebrates and honors Native American peoples and commemorates their their histories and cultures. On October 8th, which is today, President Joe Biden signed a presidential proclamation declaring October 11th, 2021, to be a national holiday. It is celebrated across the United States on the second Monday in October and is an official city and state holiday in various localities. Now, you notice they said various, so obviously it's not all the way around at this point. It began a counter celebration held on the same day as the United States federal holiday of Columbus Day. 
Now, we know how that Columbus Day discovering America when the Native Americans was already here. So that's appropriate. That's my opinion. Because as you know, Columbus, this is still me talking about uh, the article, uh, which, which honors Italian explorer Christopher Columbus, Many reject celebrating him, saying that he pres- oh, wow. Many reject celebrating him, say that he represents the violent history of the colonization in the Western Hemisphere, and that Columbus Day is a sanit oh wow sanitization or covering up of Christopher Columbus' actions, such as enslaving Native Americans. Wow! 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 I love doing research because this is putting it right out there. Indigenous Peoples Day was instituted in Berkeley, California in 1992 to coincide with the 500th anniversary of the arrival of Columbus in the Americas on October 12, 1492. Two years later, Santa Cruz, California instituted the holiday. Starting in 2014, many other cities and states adopted the holiday. Bravo, California. Y'all are so diverse and universal and global. Everybody in California listening to this podcast, bravo to you. So let me just tell you real quick about the proclamation that was uh, signed today by President Biden. I'm going to just read it in its entirety real quick. Since time... Immemorial American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians have built vibrant and diverse cultures, safeguarding land, language, spirit, knowledge, and tradition across the generations. On Indigenous Peoples Day, our nation celebrates the invaluable contributions and resilience of Indigenous people, recognizes their inherent sovereignty, and commits to honoring the federal government's trust and treaty obligations to tribal nations. Bravo. Our country was conceived on a promise of equality and opportunity for all people, a promise that despite the extraordinary progress we have made through the years, we have never fully lived up to it. That is especially true when it comes to upholding the rights and dignity of the indigenous people who were here long before colonization of the American of the Americas began. For generations, federal policy systematically, there we go with that word again, sought to assimilate and displace native people and eradicate native cultures. Today, we recognize indigenous people's resilience and strength, as well as the measurable positive impact that they have made on every aspect of American society. We also recommit to supporting a new, brighter future of promise and equality for tribal nations, a future grounded in tribal sovereignty and respect for the human rights of indigenous people in the Americas and around the world. In the first week of my administration, I issued a memorandum reaffirming, reaffirming our nation's solvent, excuse me, solemn trust and treaty obligations to American Indian and Alaska Native tribal nations and directed the heads of executive departments and agencies to engage in regular, meaningful, and robust consultation with tribal officials. It is a priority of my administration to make respect for tribal sovereignty and self-governance, the cornerstone of federal Indian policy. 
History demonstrates that Native American people and our nation as a whole are best served when tribal governments are empowered to lead their communities and when federal officials listen to and work together with tribal leaders when formulating federal policies that affect tribal nations. The contributions that indigenous people have made throughout history in public service, entrepreneurship, scholarship, the arts, and countless other fields are integral to our nation, our culture, and our society. Indigenous peoples have served and continue to serve in the United States Armed Forces with distinction and honor and, excuse me, at one of the highest rates of any group, defending our security every day. And Native Americans have been on the front line of the COVID-19 pandemic, working essential work, excuse me, working essential jobs and carrying us through our gravest moments. Further, in recognition that the pandemic has harmed indigenous people at an alarming and disproportionate rate, Native communities have led the way in connecting people with vaccination, boosting some of the highest rates of any racial or ethnic group. The federal government has a solemn obligation to lift up and invest in the future of indigenous people and empower tribal nations to govern their own communities and make their own decisions. We must never forget the centuries-long campaign of violence, displacement, assimilation, and terror wrought upon Native communities and tribal nations throughout our country. Today, August 8, 2021, that's not in there. I just put the date in because he said today, because it is today. Today, we acknowledge the significant sacrifices made by Native peoples to this country and recognize their many ongoing contributions to our nation. On Indigenous Peoples Day, we honor America's first inhab inhabitants and the tribal nations that continue to thrive today. I encourage everyone to celebrate and recognize that many indigenous communities and cultures that make up our great country. Now, therefore, I, Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim October 11th, 2021 as Indigenous Peoples Day. I call upon the people of the United States to observe this day with appropriate ceremonies and activities. I also direct that the flag of the United States be displayed on all public buildings on the appointed day in honor of our diverse history and the indigenous people who continue to sh who, who contribute to shaping this nation. In witness thereof, I have here unto set my hand this eighth day of October in the year of our Lord 2021 and the independence of the United States of America, the 20, excuse me, the 246. Wow. I'm glad to see this. This is why, even though Dwayne Lawrence is the person I'm focusing on as a fantastic fellow on this Friday, it's the indigenous people as a whole that I salute and celebrate and want people to learn more about them, do your research and find out why this is important. And also do your research on these missing and murdered women because this is serious and it's being swept under the carpet. So I want you guys to first listen to the clip that I mentioned that was Dwayne Lawrence on MSNBC's Stephanie Rule. 
Dwayne Garvey Lawrence is on a mission in search of justice for missing and murdered indigenous women. The percentage of women, you know, missing was unbelievable. Biking and running across the country, finally making it to Washington, D.C. last week to meet with some of the nation's lawmakers to discuss dedicating more resources to finding missing Native women. More than four out of five Indigenous women experience violence in their lifetimes and are murdered at rates more than 10 times the national average. Is this kind of journey what it takes to get attention on your cases? If that's what it takes, and that's what we're doing. Dwayne, a father of five, met with families of the missing along the way. Paula Castro's 14-year-old daughter, Henny, went missing from the Northern Cheyenne Reservation in 2018 after playing basketball with friends. How do you feel law enforcement handled your case? I don't think they did. <laughs> That's how I feel. They would keep calling them, keep calling them, and fill out missing person report there. Um, come to find out that it was just sitting on a desk. The family organized their own volunteer search party. Two weeks later, Henny's body was found with injuries to her face. Still, her death was ruled accidental. The lack of attention has left Henny's family heartbroken. Like... She wasn't important enough. That's how it made me feel. In D.C., Dwayne's wife and daughters traveled to join him. What needs to change now? We need more detectives. We need people to come up with programs and, and plans. On Friday, Dwayne concluded his cross-country journey by running three miles around the National Mall, celebrating with drummers, dancers, and tribal leaders. For his family, this moment represents a turning point. I believe that. I can feel it. I really can. A prayer that missing and murdered Indigenous people's stories no longer go ignored. Stephanie, Duane is not doing this work alone. There are numerous tribal leaders around the country collaborating with him on this MMIW Bike and Run USA effort. And they believe something is going to change now, that the attention on Gabby Petito, the hunt for Brian Laundrie, has made the nation aware of the disparity in our attention to these cases, and that now lawmakers, law enforcement officials are going to have to take action. Stephanie. Antonia, thank you so much. Come back soon. We're going to keep telling these stories. You know, as I was doing this story, I was looking at different videos on YouTube and certain people's responses and comments. And I just saw a woman who quoted, I'm not going to say her name, but I want to read what she quoted. And she says, a nation is not conquered until the hearts of its women are on the ground. Then it's finished, no matter how brave its warriors or how strong their weapons Wow, I guess that is so, so true. These missing and murdered indigenous women is very serious, and we really need to just listen to some of these stories so you can see how America is quietly letting this happen. Family and friends, along with search and rescue teams, have been looking for Selena Not Afraid in about a three to five mile radius. Selena Not Afraid was last seen around two o'clock on Wednesday at the eastbound I-90 rest area between Billings and Hardin. Searchers have been looking for Not Afraid since New Year's Day. And she was last Radio check, radio check. Selena Not Afraid disappeared from a rest stop on New Year's Day in Montana's Bighorn County. It's getting really cold on her home. Nine days later, and community-led search teams were still looking for the first clue that might lead them to her. So we know our mission for today. We're looking for 
any sign of Selena, anything out of the ordinary, you know the drill. You guys have been doing it, so. This is Beartooth. Beartooth. Yeah. How are you, buddy? We'll find our girl. Okay. Selena Not Afraid's case is an example of what Native women face. They are almost three times more likely to experience sexual violence compared to white women. And homicide is the fourth leading cause of death for those under 20. And the problems often continue even after death. According to a 2019 report, approximately half of all cases involving murdered indigenous women in Montana have been misclassified for causes like suicide, overdose, or exposure. Been on Bugsy, Teddy and his wife, and their baby Little Light, Mikey Plainbowl, Garrett, our, our current active search right now, Hub Williamson, Bonnie Three Arms, 2017, we recovered her. Uh, the next one was Henny Scott. Um, last year, we recovered her. Cassara stopped at Pretty Places. Um, she was found, I believe, by a deputy in town in somebody's yard. And now our recent active search is Selena. In all the previous cases that I've been involved with, where the situation is like this here, it's 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 always been a recovery. It's never been a a happy ending. Where is Selena? Where is she? Where's my grandbaby? Native Americans make up 6.7% of Montana's population, but account for 26% of missing person reports. And while local officials claim that causes for these deaths and disappearances are varied, from drug trafficking to domestic violence, the one thing they all have in common is that they take place in a jurisdictional minefield. Depending on where someone is reported missing or where a victim is found, it could fall to either state federal or tribal authorities to investigate and with that many intersecting agencies there are plenty of cracks for these cases to fall through an indian reservation for all intents and purposes is a sovereign nation it is subject to completely different laws governing bodies they're like a country within a country so a Bighorn County deputy can show up on a tribal member's doorstep on the reservation and that tribal member can say, you have no right to be here, you have no jurisdiction here. It can be very difficult. Responsibility might fall with the county sheriff's department, officers from the Federal Bureau of Indian Affairs, or the tribal police. Sometimes the FBI also steps in. There are both too many agencies jockeying for authority and not enough resources to go around. In late 2019, the Crow tribe declared a state of emergency. Tribal chairman AJ Not Afraid cited a list of issues, including the BIA's lack of officers and failure to address the murdered and missing women crisis. The Crow reservation is roughly the size of Connecticut, but for years has only had five BIA officers. Recently, the tribe assembled its own sovereign police force, independent from the BIA. We're between two communities right now. We currently have no radio service. We have no cell phone service. We have no ways, unless we had a sat phone, we wouldn't have any way to communicate with anybody. And that contributes. It's, it's very wide open. It's very desolate out here. 
The I-90 corridor, anybody that's going to Denver, going to South Dakota, um, trying to get to the West Coast, uh, it all travels right through here for the most part. So we get a lot of drug trafficking out on the interstate. And, you know, with the crime, the drugs, the domestic violence, it's all a perfect breeding ground for people to go missing. So we're going to go ahead and ask everybody if you could come a little bit close. Um, we want to acknowledge all of the families who are here. In downtown Hardin, a rally for the movement shows that Selena Not Afraid's disappearance is painfully familiar. Families gather to push for answers on their loved ones' suspicious deaths. Why is it that we are more likely to be raped and murdered than go to college? Why is it that our young girls are just trying to survive? And so there are alarm bells that are ringing. What is going on? The sheer number of indigenous women that have been missing or murdered suggests an epidemic, but there isn't a comprehensive data set to confirm them. Desi Rodriguez-Lombert, a sociologist who researches data in the indigenous communities, is working to quantify the sweep of the problem. All right. Okay, Sarah, stops pretty places. Tribes need to be building their own data sets. Our data systems have been erased and destroyed um, over centuries of colonization. We have so many cases where our women are being misclassified racially uh, as white, as black, as Asian, as uh, Latina, and not actually American Indian, and certainly not as citizens of different nations. I know every single one of you here have not had justice for your loved one. When I reported her missing, nobody helped me. The only response was, maybe she's drinking somewhere. What does that say to our people? They said Henny was just one of those crazy little girls that would take off. So what? We would never accept this if, for example, these young girls were non-Indian. But yet here in southeastern Montana, we've accepted that negligence is okay. What is happening with all of these systems that are supposed to be in place to keep people safe? Rodriguez Lonebear knows this issue firsthand. Her own niece disappeared in August of 2019. Kaysera was last seen alive here in Hardin. She was at a house party with some friends, cousins. Um, it was the summer she turned 18. Somebody knows something. Somebody knows. Family, friends, and members of the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's Group held the Justice March for Kaysera Stops Pretty Places, whose body was found in Hardin on August 29th. After five days, a body was found. She was basically a Jane Doe here in the Bighorn County morgue uh, for days. Finally, the medical examiner in Billings did a, a, a dental match, was able to determine that it was her. And so now here we are, six months later. Her cause of death has now been declared officially as undetermined. There are no leads. When it comes to inconsistent investigations and lack of information, Rodriguez Lombear isn't alone. Many families have been waiting to get answers for years. My daughter, Allison Highwolf, uh, today would be her fifth year uh, of passing away. Highwolf was found dead in a motel room in Hardin. There are no leads in her case either. The BIA officer had told us that 
that we couldn't go see her, that she was already in a morgue. He didn't give me very much information, just the fact that there was a motel fire and, and she was there and she was there by herself. They determined it a smoke inhalation and undetermined. I feel my heart, deeply in my heart, that she was murdered, that my daughter was murdered. It's not recognized by the Sheriff's Department in Hardin, Montana. We ask questions and they've never been answered. Tonight, the search for Selena Not Afraid has come to a sad end. Her body discovered less than a mile away from where she disappeared. Why was she not found sooner? Well, authorities in the area say that this place is big country and things can go unnoticed. Somehow, this young woman, who is otherwise healthy, turns up dead in a sagebrush on her own accord. Maybe there's nobody that we can get for murder, but there is something that led to this young woman, to her dying and being her body being found on the side of the road in a sagebrush. If the tribe is able to take back over its law enforcement, increase its numbers, and do a better job of taking care of its of, of its own, you know, of, of the reservation, um, I believe that it'll have a, a, an immediate impact on making things better. There's also been national recognition of the problem. In October, President Trump signed two bills into law, the Not Invisible Act and Savannah's Act, named for Savannah LaFontaine Greywind, a 22-year-old Spirit Lake Nation woman who was found murdered in 2017. The laws direct the Department of Justice to create more coordinated law enforcement and data collection in response to missing indigenous persons. We want to respect tribal sovereignty and the tribe's ability to maintain uh, their authority and their public safety structure the way they'd like to maintain it. But it also adds complication. And so what we need to do and what's being done at the national level will be to try to figure out ways that even though we have different jurisdictions involved, to be sure they work together more fluidly and more seamlessly so that responses can come quicker and uh, can hopefully be more effective. We are so used to our people's deaths being classified as exposure suicide, accidents, you know, and not actually being investigated as suspicious. There's something happening here. Now, I went on YouTube and found the uh, video to the audio you just heard. And the reason why I did that, you know, I was taught many, many years ago that a person can be told something you're experiencing, but until they feel it, it may not affect them the same. And when I saw that video and it talked about not just one person, but what has been happening with these missing and murdered indigenous women, I thought that was the perfect uh, clip or video to add to this. And so you guys be mindful all over the world of things that are happening. And I am hoping that there's more data collection and more law enforcement so that they can have things looked at differently because to hear under the age of 20, I mean, look at the statistics in this uh, last clip that you all heard about these women. So many women are not only being uh, murdered and they're missing, but they're even being categorized, you know, the deaths are being categorized as, you know, um, 
just accidental or not as murdered. Let's just put it like that. They're like one of the women said, if that if these have been white women, it would have been an epidemic and it would have been all over the national news. You you don't hear about it. So we have to be mindful. And what I decided to do for my marvelous motivating Monday because this is a very sad episode, but it's true. And if we don't get the information out there, people don't know. I want to celebrate the Indigenous people on Monday because technically it is Indigenous People Day. Officially, as of today, President Biden made it October 11th and um, October 11th just happens to be Monday. So let's do positive celebration of the Indigenous people on Monday. And that's what my marvelous Motivating Monday will be about. But still keep in mind these missing and murdered women. These indigenous women are being classified almost as accidents or natural causes. No, murder, murder, murder. If murder is involved, we need to hold people accountable. So hopefully this episode will be something to think about and make you want to get involved. And if you're law enforcement, maybe look at these women differently and give them the respect they deserve. Well, guys, this will end this episode, and I hope that the information that you received is inspiring, uplifting, and informative. As I always say, follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. And you can follow us on many of the podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Alexa TuneIn, and of course, my hosting podcast company, Podbean. If you have any questions or subjects you want us to look into, give us a call. We're at 404-855-7723. Or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. And you know my favorite question is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.